Welcome to the Broadcast Storm, episode number 90, Fundamentals of Cisco Expressway. Hey everybody, this is Kevin Wallace, and in this episode of the Broadcast Storm, I wanted to give you just a, a super high-level overview of a technology that appeared on the new version of the CCA Collaboration Lab Blueprint. It's Cisco Expressway, and relatively, compared to some of the other technologies out there, it's a relatively newer technology, and I just wanted to identify its purpose in life and kind of sort of how it does its thing in this episode of the Broadcast Storm. First of all, let's consider the situation where we might have a user out on the internet and they've got Cisco Jabber installed on their laptop or their phone or their tablet. Cisco Jabber is a software-based communication device where we can place calls, we can do instant messaging, we can view presence information. But let's just say we want our Cisco Jabber client, maybe on our phone, to be able to make a phone call. And we want that Jabber client to register with the Cisco Unified Communications Manager server. But the trick is that Communications Manager server is located inside of our enterprise behind a firewall. And we understand how firewalls work. They're typically stateful firewalls, meaning that a connection that's initiated from the inside of the network, that's the trusted side of the network inside the enterprise. If a connection is originated there, it's allowed to go out to the big scary internet. And the firewall is going to look at the port numbers and the IP addresses, and it's going to be able to recognize any traffic coming back from that internet device. That means the firewall will allow the return traffic to come back in if the session initiated on the inside of the network. On the flip side of that, if we had somebody out on the internet try to initiate a connection with the inside of our network, that's going to be denied. That's a big security threat. But sometimes we have devices on our network that we want to be accessible from the outside. Maybe we have a public-facing website that we have at our location, and we want to make that available to Internet users. Or maybe we have an email server that we want to be available to the Internet. What companies do in cases like that is they create a DMZ, a demilitarized zone. That's another zone off of the firewall that has a different level of permission. And it typically works like this. People from the internet can come into the firewall and get to devices on specific port numbers that live in the DMZ, in the demilitarized zone. But just because they come into one of our servers at our site, if that server is in the DMZ, that doesn't mean they have access to the entire corporate network because that's a different zone. People that are in the DMZ cannot initiate a connection to the inside of our network unless certain rules have been set up to allow them to do so. And Cisco Expressway leverages that concept of having an internal zone, a DMZ zone, and the outside zone pointing, assumedly, out to the internet. And we put two Expressway servers into that design. There's an Expressway C server that lives inside of our network. The C stands for core. We've got our core server that's in the enterprise network. And we put another Cisco Expressway server in the DMZ. That's called Expressway E, or the Expressway Edge server. And we can allow people out on the internet to connect to that Expressway E server that lives in the DMZ. But even though they connect to that device using their Jabber client, that doesn't mean they can get inside of our network. Because remember, if we're in the DMZ zone or if we're in the internet, we cannot initiate a connection going to the inside of our network. The firewall prevents that. But remember what we said about stateful firewalls? If a connection was initiated on the inside, return traffic is going to be allowed. Well, that's where these two servers come into play. We're going to have our Expressway C server, the core server. It's going to set up a connection with the Expressway E server. And it's going to leave that connection up. The connection was initiated on the inside of the network, and it went to this Expressway E server in our DMZ. Now, when somebody out on the internet comes in with their Jabber client, 
they can register with the Expressway E, and Expressway E now has a pathway to talk to the Expressway C. Because Expressway C set up the connection in the first place, we now have nailed up this connection between the C and the E Expressway servers. That means the Jabber client, after it registers with the Expressway E server, it can just sort of piggyback on top of that connection to set up a connection through the firewall and through the Expressway C server on the inside with the Cisco Unified Communications Manager server on the inside. So to review that real quick, the way we do firewall traversal, as it's called, is Expressway C sets up a connection with Expressway E. We're going from the inside of our network to the DMZ, and we've got that connection nailed up. That's going to allow traffic to come back from Expressway E into Expressway C. And our Jabber client out on the internet, it's going to register with Expressway E, which now has a connection that lets it talk with the Expressway C server inside of our network, and that's the way we get through the firewall. And then we go on to register with the Cisco Unified Communications Manager inside of our network. Now, the way this happens, and we won't get into the configuration in this podcast episode, it's something I'm working on for my CCA Collaboration Lab version 2.0 video training series that's coming out later this year. But for now, I just wanted to give you a concept of how this works. Because how does the Jabber client understand that it needs to register with the Expressway E server or our Cisco Unified Communication Manager server, perhaps? Well, the way this is done is we have a couple of DNS servers, one that's going to service requests that come from the inside of the network and one that services requests coming from the outside of the network. And we have different SRV records. An SRV record in DNS terms is called a service locator. We're locating the service of communications manager. And on the edge server, there's a collab edge SRV record that we configure on that server. And when the Jabber client is trying to connect somewhere, it sends out DNS queries for both. It says, hey, can somebody resolve collab edge for me? And if we're on the outside, then that outside DNS server is going to resolve it. And we'll register with the Expressway E server, but it simultaneously is sending out another DNS request saying, hey, can somebody tell me where the Cisco UDS service is? And that's only going to be answered by our internal DNS server if we're on the inside of the network, and that's going to allow us to register directly with our communications manager server. So we're going to get different responses to our DNS queries based on where we are. Is our Jabber client inside of the network? Is it outside of the network? We want to have different SRV records on our internal DNS server and our external DNS server. And that's a look at how we can do firewall traversal for our Jabber clients. We can take a Jabber client on the internet and register with a communications manager server inside of our enterprise network going through a firewall. That's how we can do that using Cisco Expressway. And on that note, we'll wrap up this episode and I look forward to spending time with you again on the next episode of The Broadcast Storm. Broadcast Storm.